Welcome to the Transnet podcast. My name is Zimasa Fabaza. We are at the South African Investment Conference and today we are unpacking different aspects of the Transnet business and its national importance. Uh, the broader message for the conference is accelerating business growth through building partnerships. And where do we want to build uh, more partnerships? It's Africa. Uh, because the motto for Transnet is investing in South Africa's expansion capacity. And today I am with Usus Yoli Sakani, the Chief Business Development Officer for Transnet. Hi, Sister Lucian. Hi, Zimasa. I'm good. Thank you. Nisal. It's it's an it's an amazing time to be an African in Africa, 100%. actually. And I think the most interesting thing about a business as big as Transnet is how a lot of demystification uh, needs to happen. And we appreciate times like this where we get to understand a lot more about what the business is doing currently and also planning. Uh, when we talk Africa, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is Transnet. <laughs> <laughs> we are a, a freight and logistics company, and I think, I mean, and I'm saying this with the utmost humility, is mm. that we're quite well experienced in yes. technically speaking in terms of our technical expertise, both in ports, rail, port terminals, mm. engineering, pipelines, etc. Uh, but uh, on a much more serious note. I think everyone, uh, and I hope Africans as well, mm. everyone is seeing us as the next growth frontier. Yes. And I hope that we're also seeing ourselves in the same light. We we are an African champion. The last time I checked, we are an African champion when it comes to uh, freight logistics on the continent. And we want to remain that way. So let's talk about the, the Transnet's Africa strategy. What is it all about? You know, it's a very simple strategy in a very complex market. Mm. I'll say it's it's complex because Africa has got its own history of colonialism. Mm. Um, also, I mean, if you look at the rail network and how it has been eroded throughout the continent, mm. well, at least in as far as the sub-Saharan uh, region is concerned. So I suppose what we're trying to do is to reposition, and I'm saying reposition because mm. we've been here before yes. without much success uh, for a number of reasons uh, through nobody's fault. Uh, we've been here before. So we're trying to reposition ourselves in terms of our capabilities from uh, rail infrastructure rehabilitation. Mm. We're talking port and marine services. For example, a lot of ports that we've engaged with in various mm. countries uh, in the continent actually are deploying services from Europe for dredging services. Wow. And yet we have that capability within Transnet. Look at the engineering mm. uh, capability that we have within Transnet mm. uh, engineering. Look at the number of uh, port terminals that we are running. Mm. So we are world basically class. Uh, world class. Mm. We're basically saying over and above servicing our own uh, uh, country. Mm. We are able and we're also capable and are open for business mm. in terms of offering the same services so that we can accelerate um, the the what everyone is talking about, which is regional integration. That's amazing. And 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 I want to understand the core components of the strategy going into Africa and exporting our engineering, our freight logistics experience, and also championing the, the, the Transnet way. Yeah. Uh, what are those core components of the strategy? No, look, I mean, I've already mentioned, 
look, let's, let's start with the basics, which mm. is our commodity strategy, which was approved, I think, two years ago or so. Mm. I, I really can't remember the, the exact time, which looks at the various commodities mm. that need to be exported outside of our country. We're basically staying with that line, mm. right? We're looking at what we're good at. We're yes. very good at bulk commodities. Not so much in agri as, as well as auto, right? Mm. So we're staying with what we're good at. And also what we've decided to do is not to overpromise. Yes. That which we are unable to do, we come to you and say, we're unable to do this. However, maybe, just maybe, we mm. can offer technical expertise here. Mm. So it cuts across the entire transport, uh, sorry, transnet rather, mm. uh, in terms of our operating divisions. I've already mentioned that mm. we don't, we're not in a position to build an entirely new rail network, right? Mm. But we have the expertise through our TFR uh, operating division mm. to do re rehabilitation work, mm. right? We are running commercial ports, yes. successfully so within South Africa. We are taking that and extending those technical ex expertise mm. into other countries, Benin as, as an example, yes. as well as Nigeria, are two countries where the pipeline is quite strong in terms of the opportunities. That's, that's, that's amazing. We are taking South African um, engineering excellence and value chain and freight logistics excellence to Africa. Now, why this strategy going into Africa? Why this? Why now? Let me start with the last question. Why not now? Mm. In fact, um, this, in my view, mm. we should have done this a whole lot uh, earlier. Mm. Right? Sooner. Uh, a whole lot sooner, uh, sooner rather. So, as I've indicated, if you look at the developments in the continent in mm. terms of the mining commodities, mm. and I'll stay with West Africa, mm. the Katanga region, yes. which is in the southeast of um, of uh, the DRC, yes. has got six mining companies that are under production. Wow. Those commodities need to be evacuated. Wow. Right? How do they get evacuated? There's a number of options. Mm. Currently, there's the Lobito to the west side in yes. Angola. There's ourselves at the Durban port. There's East and in, uh, in, in Dar es Salaam. So it is very important that we position ourselves, which yes. is why I'm saying I wish we could have done this sooner. Yes. Because the reality is that things will happen with or without, without our, us. <laughs> without us. Yes. Right. So the sooner we participate, the better. So we're hoping that with the plans that we have for mm. our Durban port, which is positioning it as a as a hub port in, in the southern hemisphere, yes, will then enable those commodities to be exported via either Durban or Richard's Bay. So, so at Mining in Daba, there was a core focus from uh, the, the, the chief executive around the North-South Corridor. And I, I feel that it's a very important cog in this going into Africa um, expansion. But for, for projects, mega projects like that, that need a lot of capex, where's the investment, capital investment going to come from? Um, and how is that going to help execute the strategy relative to the quantum of investment that's needed? Look, um, we're no longer the big, rather spartacus with yes. a strong balance sheet that we used to be, right? Yes. That's, that's a known fact. Mm. But we still have the technical expertise. Yes. So what we've decided to do, as opposed to coming in solo as Transnet, mm. is rather take a step back, look at what it is that we're able to do, but also come in as part of SA Inc. Mm. So most of these projects are not supposed to, and I, I suppose it should never be uh, funded from our balance sheet because it's yes. everyone knows that. 
understand. Mm. So how then do we solve that problem? We we'll look at the DFIs. Mm. There's a lot of DFIs that are willing to work with us on some of these projects because they've seen the capability, yes. right? That's number one. Number two, we look at private sector partnerships, right? Where we are saying where the private sector comes in with the capital, we come in yes. with the expertise. Let me give an example. In the DRC, mm. there's a whole bunch of us coming in as SA Inc. Mm. You've got the DBSA, you've yes. got the IDC, you've got a private sector company, you've got the SA, and then you've got us as Transnet. So that wow. kind of de-risks yes. the, 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 the responsibility. The responsibility. Yeah, the sole responsibility. To find mm. this from our balance sheet because we can't. We, we absolutely cannot. So that's how we're trying to solve the problem. Last but not least, I mean, these are also at the back of government-to-government Uh, 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 agreements. We have mm. bilateral agreements with certain countries. Mm. So we come in with our part, uh, partners. We are operating in the same space, but mm. equally owned by government in those various countries. That's 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 forward thinking. Yeah. That and and I think it's important for people to understand who are listening to this and are watching this that we need to think forward. We need to not uh, wallow in where we are. We need to say what do we have that we can take out there into into Africa. But how does this translate into? Uh, growth opportunities, job creation opportunities, and employment opportunities. Because I think a lot of times when we think uh, through Africa, are we taking our own companies there, our own expertise, one as Transnet, but also these these PPPs that were forming to do this CapEx. Um, how does this translate back down to the South Africans on the ground? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's you can look at this in a number of ways. So imagine this. Mm. Imagine if there's countries mm. that we are targeting right now decided not to export via South Africa. Mm. What then happens to the Durban port? What mm. then happens to Richards Bay? What yes. then happens uh, to Moha as an example? So it is important that we keep our our, our foot at the door if yes. not inside, right inside the house. And I'm just uh, putting put yeah. this loosely. Yeah. Now, now there's, an, there's a relationship that we had in the past with the the Beninois, yes. uh, where we brought in our expertise in terms of, um, you know, re-engineering their, yes. their, 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 one of their terminals, right? We brought in the resources, they were deployed there for quite some time, mm. we transferred the skills, we exited, and they carried on with their lives, mm. right? But let's come back to the next leg of your question. Now, we're hoping that if a lot of vessels start calling into South Africa, obviously that keeps our ports busy, yes. right? It then keeps the machinery working, especially from an, a, a manufacturing point of view. Yes. What we want ultimately is to be globally competitive. Right? Yes. We want um, commodities to come into South Africa and out of South Africa. And the only way we can do that is through the expansions that I've already uh, uh, indicated. Mm. Yes. Uh, 100%, and also just bring in private partners where we feel like we don't have the strength and the capacity where it is much needed. Um, and, and you've touched on a very important point, partnerships. Now, what partnerships, I mean, you've spoken about the one in the DRC, but what other major partnerships are lined up? And also, um, the African Free Trade um, Agreement is, is something that's there that's now catalyzing a lot more capex into the continent, and everyone is feeling more comfortable that we've got a framework to really trade amongst each other. How do these two things start to create a canvas for Transnet to really uh, go hammer and tongs into Africa? I suppose, again, our strategy is, is at the back of so many things. Yes. But one of that is exactly the, the Africa Continent Free Trade Agreement, right? Mm. Wherein we, we, I suppose all of us are saying it is about time that we traded amongst them, amongst ourselves. Mm. We then need to build an enabling environment. Mm. And our freight and logistics solution is one of the major parts mm. uh, to that, right? Uh, because it is very important that the copper that is mined in the DRC yes. finds its way 
via us. Via us. Yes. Right? Uh, amongst other solutions, I suppose. We're not the only ones, but mm. we want to make sure that we are front, cent- uh, front back and center mm. of that. Uh, so I, I suppose that's one part of it. And then coming back to partnerships, I've already alluded mm. that at this point in time, if you look at what's happening within our space, yes, there's a lot of fixing that we have to do. So yes. people often ask, why not start fixing what's happening within your, your own region? Mm. That's a fair question. Yes. But I mean, if we're the only ones that are thriving within the continent, who benefits from that? No one's going no, to no benefit one. in a mm. sea of poverty, right? Yes. So that's 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 the main aim to say that we, we think that we are very positioned from our technical expertise mm. to bring ourselves into these countries that much mm. need our support from that point of view. And 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 you've actually segued so nicely. Let's talk about the ease and the challenges of doing business on the continent. Um, what are some of those challenges? But also, what are some of the solves that uh, yourselves as the uh, business development arm of Transnet are trying to enact in order to make it easier to do business in the continent? Man, it's not easy. Mm. It's not easy for a number of reasons. But, you know, obviously when you look at an opportunity, we look at a number of things, the geopolitics of that country. Yes. I mean, um, you've got to be cognizant of the fact that it's a reality. Yes. That's number one. You look at, uh, in in some instances, we try and find a local partner. Yes. But you've got to be able to do a thorough due diligence on the partner itself Mm. before you jump into bed with them. That's Mm. another one. We look at the regulatory and legal framework of the Mm. particular country because we've got to be able to do what is required within that country one. But most importantly, we also have to be able to expatriate whatever revenue we make out of that country. Be that as it may, it's not insurmountable, right? So part of the work that we do with our team is to ensure that before we give a green light on a project, Mm. that we've thoroughly looked at it, one, Mm. from the perspective of it of it being aligned with our strategy otherwise mm. it doesn't make sense mm. does it bring us additional revenue otherwise it doesn't make sense mm. right so there's a lot of things that go into planning uh, for a project before we give it a green light uh, that's that's I, I love the context because it paints a picture for somebody who's watching and listening that says okay there are challenges but there's also ways of mitigating these challenges and these risks but still being able to bring and grow the business of Transnet within the African context I just want to also say where are the key regions that are important and what opportunities lie in those key regions let me start with west africa there's a lot of development happening in west west africa Mm. right we are seeing a lot of uh, ports that are being expanded Mm. and we are seeing a lot of interest coming from shipping lines that are now Mm. positioning themselves not just as shipping lines but also as freight and 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 logistics as solutions providers right so there's something there i'll give you the drcs i've already Mm. alluded to yourself um I know there's something going on in uh, Lobito as well. Yes. Uh, the, the expansion of the of the Lobito uh, uh, port, port, right, in, in Angola. The other one that is of particular interest to us in South Africa is the North-South Corridor. Mm. Over and above our, our immediate neighbors, which yes. is Zimbabwe, Swaziland, Botswana, there's, mm. there's a... There's a lot of engagement with those countries as well, where we are looking at uh, connecting our railway line yes. and also having relationships in Mozambique, as an example, yes. where our trains can go all the way from the pit to the port when you get to the border. Yeah. There's just an exchange of uh, drivers and then the, the, the train continues as opposed to decoupling the train mm. and delaying it in the process. But the one 
one that I wanted to mention is the uh, North-South Corridor. Mm. Now, this is an old uh, project yes. where we're looking at revitalizing that corridor. The corridor has got a lot of challenges. Mm. The one obvious one is the infrastructure. Yes. Right? Our infrastructure, I mean, not so bad in comparison. Mm. If you look at the neighboring countries that are part of that corridor, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Zambia. and the DRC. That's number one. Number two, it is the unavailability of enough rolling stock to capture that demand. Yes. Currently, we're doing less than 500,000 tons of product per annum. In its current state, wow. without fixing the network, you can easily do a million tons. Most of the cargo is going up and there's not much coming, coming down. down. So yeah. The return leg's got to be worth it as 100%. well. 100%. It, it, it that's what makes it commercially viable. Mm. Number three is the disjointedness in the plan. Yeah. How we plan for our customers this side and how the next uh, uh, country across the border plans, mm. it's completely disjointed. Yes. How did we solve that problem? We stopped making it a transnet pro uh, a problem or transnet project rather. Mm. We made it a railway authority project. Mm. So all the railway authorities on that corridor have agreed to collectively work Speaking to each other. Yeah. They have signed an agreement. That's so amazing. We agreed to, mm. work, to work with each other to revitalize this uh, this um, uh, this corridor. And at the back of that, we are now seeing the likes of the World Bank saying, how can we assist with funding? Wow. Two billion uh, US dollars on the table. Wow. However, there's a couple of steps that we need to take to ensure that then they come on board. And then we see what happens. And that two billion is across is across the board, across all the rail authorities. It's, it's all the way. So we're not yeah. seeing it as what is needed from the South African side, what is needed across, across the, the entire board. corridor. Mm. To just do minor, you know, infrastructure uh, fixes on the network mm. that would enable us to, to you know to, to, to traverse a 40 wagon train as an example. Currently you can't. Wow. The trains always have to be broken into smaller percent yeah. and that you know it wastes a lot of time in yeah. so doing right so I, I suppose it's one of the projects that we're hoping that probably in the next 18 to 24 months we'll yeah. see serious traction on it Cecilia Kani thank you so much um the context the rationale the insights that you've given us around um, Transnet's Africa business expansion, uh, looking at going into the continent, taking what we uh, are championing as, as South African excellence uh, in freight logistics and engineering across the board of what Transnet does. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your insights. Um, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of the South Africa Investment Conference. Thank you. Certainly. Thank you so much for having me. And I suppose one last word for me is to just reaffirm that Transnet is open for business, mm. both domestically mm. and across the region. Thank you so Thank much. You so much.